Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to Satellite, Profile Theater's online supplementary magazine. Satellite is where you will come for interviews with artists, activists, and educators, and whoever else might give you a deeper understanding of the work that Profile puts on the stage. With Satellite, Profile is always looking for new avenues to deepen our audience's experience of the art, pulling back the curtain, providing insight, and giving our audience a glimpse of the act of creation. And now, welcome to Satellite. Welcome back to part two of our satellite series orbiting the final production of the season, How to Make an American Sun, by Christopher Oscar Pena. In part one, Chris Pena talks about how his play uses a fictionalized teenage version of himself and his father to explore the chasm of difference in experience and expectations of two different generations. This week, we're joined by the actor who is bringing this young Chris Pena to life in the character of Orlando, Matthew Cepeda. Matt Cepeda, welcome to uh, welcome to Saturday. I guess how are you doing this morning? Good, uh, good. I had a good start to the morning, um, as rushed as it was. <laughs> yeah, I also just realized it's afternoon. It's definitely two thirty. It's not remotely morning. Um, so we're off to a rollicking yeah. start. This is actually the first time you and I have sat down and chatted. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, Give me like a brief history of the life and times of Matt Cepeda. Oh goodness! Uh, well, I grew up in the Central Valley of California, and just a, I guess it's a smaller kind of like cow town, agricultural town. Um, stayed there for eighteen years, and then wanted out, <laughs> and came to Portland. Went to University of Portland for four years. Um, after graduating, realized I don't know what life is. Uh, and I <laughs> did not want to go to like try a big city like New York or LA or Chicago. So I was like, I'll just stay here for maybe a few years, you know, figure out what life is, get my feet wet a little bit. And then I, I don't know, I just, just, I liked it. <laughs> so I have stayed and I've lived here for, oh my goodness, almost 13 years. Okay. If you count four years of college. Yeah. 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 And, and did you figure it out what life is? Uh, you know, I think we're always still learning, always still experiencing, but yeah, I think I hopefully have, you know, somewhat of a grasp on it. Um, so you play the character of Orlando, Correct. who uh, the playwright, Chris Pena, has pretty much explicitly stated is like a version of himself as a mm-hmm. teenager. So is playing a character who is a real person who you've met, who is going to see the performance and was literally in the rehearsal room like for the first week or so and. Uh, different than playing like a more fully fictional character um do you feel like they you needed to make the character accurate or like more chris like or how, yeah or how does that feel yeah i've definitely thought about that um like what are like do i have to like get down to like his mannerisms or the way he talks or like do i need to like sit down with him and have a cup of coffee and be like so what were you like as a kid like blah 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 um, and then he left, <laughs> um, and he won't be back for, I think another week or so. And by that time, you know, I hopefully will have had a, a, a character choice that has been solidified at that point in time. So, uh, you know, we've talked about like, um, kind of our experience with him when he, we were doing table work and stuff. And it's like, oh, well, you know how Chris just kind of like talks without thinking first, <laughs> like, you know, 
uh, use that for like this this part of this scene or whatever. Like, so I think uh, it's a little bit of both. I we've taken things that we have learned, have experienced with Chris, but also just kind of my I guess my own rendition or things that the director and I have kind of talked about and I don't know molded it into what we think will work. Did you and Chris have any um, like conversations while he was here about like? Here's here. Let me give you the key to unlock this character, this me character. No, nothing that explicit. Um, he definitely told us like a lot of stories about him growing up um, and like how like certain scenes were based on like real experiences in his life. Like um, like there's one scene where uh, Orlando meets the guy he's really crushing on and. Uh, he explicitly said, like, this is something that actually that I actually did. I actually, like, had a uh, a magazine and was, like, pretending to read it because I knew this guy liked it. And I, like, put on this entire facade just to, like, try to impress him. Um, yeah, so he would share stories like that, uh, which I thought were really cute and really, you know, a little insightful. Which parts of the character of Orlando, like, do you feel like you can most easily tap into from your own experiences? Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough growing up to have a father that also worked very hard to provide for us um he worked in he works he works in agriculture um and so growing up when before he owned the business he during the busy seasons um there were times that we just wouldn't see him like it would be it wasn't it was it wasn't uncommon for us not to see him throughout the entire week because he would get up super early in the morning um and then by the time we were already asleep would be the time that he was getting home so um he he worked very hard to to make sure that you know we were taken care of so i grew up not rich we were not rich but we were well off um i wasn't making you know thousand dollar charges for concert tickets <laughs> uh, like orlando but um we were definitely like if we needed anything like there's this line in the play like if you needed anything we gave it to you and even if you didn't need it we would give it to you like i thought i think about that line um i didn't really want for much, which I think now, like as a kid, like how much, you know, you kind of take that for granted, um, a, a child in that situation. And <laughs> I feel a little bad sometimes thinking about it. One of the things that I think is most um, distinctive about the character of Orlando, I mean, tell me if you agree or don't agree, but is kind of what you referenced about him taking his family's wealth for granted you know you talk about really like seeing the work that your your father and your parents were putting into providing for you um is that sort of in retrospect that you see it or like how much did you mm. like yeah how much of an awareness did you have of the amount of effort that went into making sure and maybe the sacrifices that um, went into making sure that you didn't want for anything? As a kid, um, probably not very much at all, um, if any, honestly. Um, as I got a little bit older, especially after my parents divorced, I think that realization was f like finally starting to come along. I think parents, you know, parents in those, you know, just parents in general, you know, want a little bit of appreciation for the hard work they do and uh like looking back i i see those moments now um that like my dad just was searching for and i you know i also just kind of view myself as kind of like i'm still a little dense and i was a pretty oblivious child i kind of just like 
I don't know, went through life just, I don't know, concerned about, not concerned only about myself. Like I wasn't like narcissistic, but I was just kind of like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Like I was just like, I, I, oblivious is the right word. Like I didn't go around, I, I, I didn't realize, I never saw myself as like brown, for instance. Like I never saw myself as, as, as Mexican. I never saw myself as an other really. And maybe that's partly due to the fact that where I grew up, it was a lot more Mexicanly pop, uh, heavily populated, uh, Latinx populated. Um, so maybe I didn't feel as othered in that way. Um, or maybe it's because I, I went to a private Catholic school and I was with the same classmates for nine years. Um, so we were like, kind of had to like each other. I mean, my, my parents were also like pretty, uh, like very working class. Um, and I think that like the irony that we kind of see play out in American Sun is that like if your parents are successful in shielding you from knowing want, then how do they also help you have that appreciation, right? Like if you don't, like if you don't know sacrifice, you don't know sacrifice. If you don't know want and you don't know worry, there's kind of no way that just telling you about it is going to... Um, implant that knowledge is something you have to kind of experience yourself. And you talk about being sort of an oblivious, I mean, I think, you know, un, like hopefully we all get to be, like obliviousness is I think like the birthright of childhood in a way, right? <laughs> you get time to be only like absorbed in your own world and not worry about the bills, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or it like, the p possibility of eviction or hopefully like, you know, the way that you're being targeted or pigeonholed because of your sexuality or your skin color, like childhood should be like that. Unfortunately, not enough people's childhood is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very good way of putting it. When you're thinking about Orlando's arc from the beginning of the show to the end, what are some of the things that he maybe believes at the beginning that by the time he's gotten to the end and experienced everything that happens in the play, um, those beliefs have been upended. Just like a, maybe just another way of saying like, what are some of the things that he learns or the mm -hmm. truths he has to confront, however you want to think about it. Uh, the first one that pops to mind is that money makes you happy. You know, he sees money as a tool to kind of set him apart, whether that's with the clothes he wears or the things he has um it's a, i guess a status thing um but he later realizes that like money didn't help him it didn't get him the guy that he wanted and money didn't help anything um in fact well it, it didn't make things worse never mind um <laughs> it didn't help it didn't help anything it didn't help him in the way that he thought it was going to I mean, it maybe made things worse in the sense that it gave him a sense of um, having power that he kind of believed that money did equal power in a lot of situations and found out that there are situations that trump um, money when it comes to power. Yes. I mean, that's one of the other things he kind of learned is he doesn't really have a lot of power. <laughs> he's 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 young. You know, he's uh, he's not white. Um which that's that's a, a a thing a line that reoccurs a couple of times is I have all the power you have all the power you don't I I don't need anything from you or I there's nothing that I could offer him if I don't have money and I'm not white or I don't have this like what do I have to offer anybody if I if I if not these things I'm worthless 
one of the things that Chris Penny and I talked about is how rare it is to see a queer character, um, a gay character, especially a gay character of color who's openly gay and has a supportive family, isn't getting bullied at school, um, basically an openly gay character of color that doesn't assume being rejected or bullied or ashamed are sort of inherently part of the LGBTQ experience, especially for young men of color. Um, how do you generally think about like the representation that exists for gay men of color? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first, I mean, I don't know all of the plays in the world, but the first one that I bumped into was The Hombres, actually, that ART did earlier this season. Yeah, earlier this season. Um, and I was like, what? The main character is gay and brown, and it's not about him being gay? And I was just like so excited about that, about that show. And like, I know there were like a, a lot of other, um, yeah, a lot of other gay men that I know, uh, uh, Latinx gay men that were like very excited for the, the opportunity. Um, and I was, I was, yeah, I was just very excited about it because uh, I'd never, I'd never experienced anything like that, at least in the theater. Um, as for TV and movies, my first thought is, um, and I think actually Chris wrote for. Jane the Virgin. He did, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. I know there's, she's got a younger brother. I, I don't know if he's openly gay. I think he is. Justin? I think his name is Justin. And I remember this because I was compared to him in high school when I wasn't even out yet. My friends are like, you kind of remind me of Justin. I was like, who's Justin? He's like, this, this character. And well, I was like, I was, uh, <laughs> I was not shocked. I was, I was not embarrassed. What's, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> Maybe a little embarrassed. Like you felt exposed. Sure, that's a good. That's a good <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> reading me before I I even admitted anything. Yeah. So uh, when I when I when I read the synopsis of this show, it was like another one. Like what is happening? Um, it's everywhere this year. I love it. Um, it was two whole plays. Yeah, I know. What? Yeah. Thanks. Well, ART was one, but also thanks profile, especially thanks profile for like this this awesome. Um, Double, not double, double season. I don't yeah. know, two year yeah. season. Yeah, um, yeah. It's. I feel like even just in the theater, like besides, I suppose Malaga, like I don't really see a lot of Latinx theater stuff done in general. Um, so I was super excited to see this year's um, this season with Profile. I was like oh, a chance. <laughs> more, more of a chance, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, representation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess overall the answer is I was just very excited because I don't see it a lot at all. What do you hope audiences leave the theater thinking about after the show? Oh, that they don't hate Orlando. <laughs> um, it's it, uh, I, I'm sure uh, there's another answer I have, but I, I'm so nervous that they're gonna hate Orlando because it's such a it's such a gonna be hard balance to like play this. He's a bit of a little spoiled dick. He's a little bit of a brat. Um, and he does kind of mess everything up. Um, it is kind of all his fault in the end. And I don't want people to hate him. I want them to see, you know, that it's all, uh, at least, at least one, it, it's coming, part of it's coming from a place of love. Part of it's coming from a place of just like learning and trying to experience or, and experiencing life. And it's all kind of just crashes on him at once. And, you know, it's just a teenager trying to navigate real life when it actually hits them as 
selfish as he can be. You know, he is well-meaning and he does love his, he loves, he does love his father and he does love his family and he does mean well, um, especially in the scene where it all does kind of go to shit. Like it is from a place of love. It is him defending his father. Because I think in that moment, he does kind of see like that his father, like, I mean, I think he's always kind of thought that his father is like a big deal. He is, he built his own business, you know? He's he's made himself into something. He has, you know, lived the American dream or whatever. Um, and he's made something for himself. And to an extent, Orlando's definitely proud of that. As much as being a janitor also, or what am I trying to say? As much as there is a kind of a, a, a maybe a negative connotation, that's not the, the, the quite the wording for it, but as much as what like what it means to be a janitor and kind of like the the negative thoughts we might have around that and the fact that Orlando still does kind of have that because of, I don't know, well, society, I suppose. He still does um, believe that his father is a big deal. I think that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah, he's a teenager. We don't often, like, associate, um, you know, maintenance work, mm-hmm. manual, labor. manual labor with um, status in this country. It's part of, like, the class system that, mm-hmm. that we've created that he's definitely bought into um, because why wouldn't he, right? But, yes, he still ultimately, he is proud and he is proud of his father, you know, yeah. Um, he wants he wants to have dignity, and he wants his father to have dignity, and that mm-hmm. is is noble. All right, thank you. Oh, goodness, thank you. You did it. <laughs> you did it. It's all over. That was Matthew Cepeda, who plays the character of Orlando in Profile Theater's production of How to Make an American Son. Tune in next week when we talk to the show's director, Ben Viegas Randall. How to Make an American Son runs June 10th through June 25th. For tickets and information, visit profiletheater.org. This episode was produced by me, Tamara Carroll, and our line producer is Jamie M. Ray. Editing and sound engineering by Robert A.K. Gonyo. Special thanks to Sam Mowry and the Willamette Radio Workshop. We exist on the traditional lands of the Multnomah, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Tumwater, and Malala bands of the Chinook peoples, the Tualatin band of the Kalapuya peoples, and many other tribes who made their home along the Willamette and Columbia rivers. We honor the ancestors of this place and acknowledge that we are here now because of the sacrifices forced upon them. We honor their descendants who live among us. <laughs>